Welcome back, friends, to part two of the Joe Blow Horror Show, episode 18.2, 18 18.5, 18.99. Word to your mother. Whatever you want to call it. We're rolling in with the wrap-up, starting off with some shotgun reviews. We're going to do the second feature review, which is um, The Devil's Candy, the segment... And then we'll get into next week. So, since, you know, we record part one and part two in the same sitting, but since we're releasing two separate episodes, we got to have two different growlers. So, let's talk about what we're drinking this fine mm-hmm. evening after we polished off the first growler. This one, in my opinion, is much better. Um, this is called Smoky Row. Uh, Coast Coffee Porter. What do you What do you think about it? It's not bad for coffee. I wish yeah. all coffee had this much alcohol in it. You, you know, it's it's actually only six percent. So it's by No Coast Beer Company, which is in Oskaloosa, Iowa. The Smoky Row part is a, it's a kind of a local coffee shop. There's a couple of them in the Des Moines area. But I will say it, it kind of got popular because it's Alton Brown's favorite coffee shop or something, one in Midwest or something like that. Who? He's Alton Brown. Oh, I'm yeah. I know who guy. that is. Yeah, so. No, I don't. But he was there. Uh, this, is, this one's pretty good. I'll read you a little bit about it. Brew ha ha ha. The smoothness of cold brewed coffee combined with the boldness of a robust rye porter. Craft roasted meats, craft brewed. Born from No Coast Experimental Cross Coast Series, Smoky Row Coast. God, there's a lot of coast in there. There's a perfectly orchestrated ensemble of premium roasted Guatemalan coffee from Smoky Row Coffee Co. Cold steeped in a vat of perfectly brewed No Coast rye porter. It is definitely a brew crow about so i like it quite a bit i uh i don't know man what are you thinking out of five on this mm, give it a I'll give it a four not a big coffee guy but yeah a coffee beer guy but it's pretty good yeah i i, I would agree I'll, I'll give it a four as well it's got a pretty decent coffee taste and flavor to it so can't go wrong with that so Anyways, I guess let's just roll into shotgun reviews. (laughs) All right, uh, I'm going to let you go first while I check this one in. Okay, first off, I have The Act 
which is in H. What's it called? The Act. Oh, The Act. Okay. Which uh, HBO mockumentary? No, that's not. It's it tells the real story about this lady who has a uh, Munchausen by proxy. You know what that is? No. It's basically you fake that your kid is sick so you can get attention. Okay. And she basically tortures her daughter forever, like poisons her, so she gets all this attention. They this house built and stuff. It's based off a real story. What, what year did this come out? It's it's right now. There's still it's a series, so I think oh, okay. there's still like an episode or two left to come out. And where do you watch it? HBO, or they gotta be wrapping that up here before Game of Thrones starts because nobody's gonna watch anything for six weeks when that's on. He, Game of <laughs> Groans, that's what I say. That never ready Wayne Chung tonight. Uh, yeah, it's good. I I know the story already. I know how it ends, but it's yeah. you really get to see how brutal this mom is to her daughter, and how like she is, uh, how manipulative she is to her, and like brainwashed her. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's dark. It's pretty dark. Huh. It's a real life story, and I'm into that real life horror. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, son? All right. Real life. So, I have Wildling from 2018. This one is rated R, coming in at 92 minutes. Yeah. This was a ref uh, referral. Why can't I say that? Um, a suggestion from Mr. Drunk Darius. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say it. Well, yeah, you, you kind of told me about it. Yeah, right, right. And... Where did you come in? Do you remember what your rating on this was? Maybe like 5.5. Okay. I came in at a 6. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. I think to tell people what it's about will be a spoiler. I don't think so. You don't think so? I think it's pretty obvious. I guess I had no idea what it was going in. I, I mean, told you about it. Well, oh, you didn't yeah. say what, what it was. Right, though. right. But, you know, if, if you don't want to know anything about this, just hit the fast forward button for 30 seconds. Um, but this is, spoiler alert, a um, werewolf movie. So uh, it just didn't really work for me. It, it did star Liv Tyler, which, I mean, she apparently is still doing movies every once in a while, yeah. I guess. But it, uh, I don't know, it just didn't really work for me. It had a couple cool elements. I mean, there was, I don't know if I really want to call it a twist at the end with kind of the father. Yeah. Um, but... I don't know. Part of me thought that this was kind of like a werewolf version of Raw, I guess. Uh, know, I haven't coming seen of Raw. age kind of tale. Yeah. You haven't seen Raw? No. Ooh, you need to watch it. It's really good. That's the way I took it. Except Raw was much better movie and was done better as well too. So, but I just came in at a six. I mean, really nothing special. I will say that if if you're a if, if you're a creature feature kind of guy or lady or you like, I don't know, werewolves, you'd probably like this. Similar, you know, Drunk Darius and the Slashers and myself and the Zombies. So, yeah. I, um, you know, it's a six. It's above average. Pretty decent production quality. Right. Decent story. Pretty good acting. But like, it's nothing much. I don't know if it's even... Like I said before, I kept my attention long enough to where I wanted to see what happened at the end. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So. All right. I got The Silence. Ooh. 
This I'm is... halfway through that. Okay. The Netflix one, right? Yes. The Quiet Place ripoff. Okay, I wouldn't steal my punchline, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just make sure we're on the right talking about the right movie. So, uh, family during the apocalypse basically has to be real quiet, otherwise these creatures are gonna get them. That's it. Man. Nothing really happens. It's pretty fucking bad. It's it's good production quality. I remember these movies used to be like really bad cheap ripoffs and now Netflix is like overproducing the ripoffs. Like kinda, I have a feeling I'm gonna like it more uh, than you. Come on. Yeah. The ending doesn't pay off at all. Well don't tell me I haven't I'm, seen I'm it. I'm just saying. I'm gonna give it four. Yeah. It's, it's, oh really? If it wasn't for A Quiet Place, maybe it would be a better movie. Yeah. I, I will say, even though I've seen half of it, man, I, I don't think they could make it a more obvious ripoff of A Quiet Place because one of the main characters is deaf. Yeah. So, I mean, like, man, there's just no shame. Straight they're, up, dude. Just, I mean, they're they're that kid that's <laughs> just staring at your fucking test, copying everything from you, and nobody cares. He, he used so. to be the... Low budget ripoff, so now it's a high budget ripoff. It's got Stanley Tucci. I like Stanley Tucci. He's a pretty solid actor. He's the dad. Yeah. All right. The next one I have is called The House on Sorority Row. 1983 rated R, 91 minutes. Uh, this was the cheesiest. Um, so, so. I gave it a six and a half, and I'm going to talk better about this because than I did the six yeah. with Wild Lake. Because this is a typical 80s slasher. Um, it was it was great in that respect. You expect it. Yes, yes. I, I, I liked it quite a bit. Um, you know, you've, you've got a little bit of a, a twist, I guess, as far as, you know, with the killer and what's going on. You, you've got some basically follows a group of girls getting ready for a big sorority party and some shit goes down that's silly and doesn't make sense and it would never happen that way but uh it's a fun movie this is a i I would just say this is a fun movie this would be something that i could just pop on at any time and, and and watch i mean there's some pretty good practical effect gore kills that are just look terrible but they're just i, I love they're it. fun yeah check it out the sorority uh house or the house on sorority row Six and a half. Okay, next I have Mercy Black. Have you seen it? No, that's another Netflix one that I will be seeing. Have you seen uh, Slender Man? Yes, Slender Man was horseshit. It's Mercy Black. It's the exact same ripoff of Slender Man. God damn it, why'd you ruin the movie for me? Now I'm going to be judging it. Uh, so these three little girls... Are obsessed with some character they learned off online named Mercy Black. Two of them decide to stab the other one, which is based off a of real life oh, Slender Man. Of course, stabbing. in Wisconsin. Yeah. It's fucking bad. It's the same story. No. Give it a four. No it's shame. just embarrassing. No shame. No shame in what you're trying to do. Just Netflix, we on see. Some Netflix. Why? Why are you going to rip off? It's already a shitty story. Just make up your own shitty story. <laughs> it's easy for them to cash in on these. Yeah, I guess. Okay, so the next one I have is Stillborn, 2018, rated R, 87 minutes. Have you seen that 2018? I have not. I've heard 
I've actually heard good reviews about this. So I, I loved it. Yeah. This probably would have made my top 15 list. No shit. Eight and a half. All right. Um, it is creepy as hell. And the best part about this movie is going through the whole movie without giving anything away. It's kind of like how Unsane Ravels. Unwrap. Or, yeah, how Unsane Unravels. I haven't seen Unsane either. You haven't seen Unsane? Jesus. I don't like those ones. Like, oh, are they crazy or are they not crazy? Are they crazy? Yeah, but this is, this is, I mean, I say it's like it. It's not the same thing. I haven't seen Unsane. So. I'm just but saying. no, this you definitely got to check this this movie out. All right. This this was a really good. I'm not even gonna tell you what it's about. Just watch it. I Don't will. read anything on it because I think if you go in not knowing the premise, it might. You know, I was a stillborn. That was a bad joke. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> fighting Sid to this and day. You're still a, you're, you're, okay. still, you're a stillborn <laughs> podcaster too. I beat Down syndrome. Okay. Oh um, my God. <laughs> My next one is Glass. I know you haven't seen it. No. It have you seen Unbreakable? Yes. I would say this is more like Unbreakable. It is split in that it's less horror. It's, it's more like Unbreakable. Yeah. Okay. It's less horror in it, but it's a pretty cool take on a real realistic superhero movie. Yeah. And there's a good little. I'm not gonna say anything, but in that shamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalam
It's not like it's a slow burn. Like it, no, it, it, it's not really a slow burn. Shit's going down the whole movie almost. Yeah. Um, like remember, the, we're not going to give ratings on this because yeah. we, it's it's. I, had to, I might have to watch it two or three more times. Before yeah, really. Yeah. Um, but it, it is one of those movies where the whole two th- first two acts of the movie builds up to a reveal at the end because you're left as far as going what the fuck is going on when i reviewed this on letterboxd i compared it to a shamalama ding dong ironically enough we just talked about him yeah the way that it builds up to some kind of reveal or twist at the end um yeah that's how i can kind of explain it and, it, and it's not so Get Out kind of did that as well, but I, you know, Get Out for me was a different movie. Yeah. In that, um, without giving too much away, I felt Get Out was more of like a what I would expect out of a horror movie. I I, I don't really want to say it was more realistic, but that's kind of the way I feel is like for that sure. was a more realistic or more. There's a lot more unexplainable stuff in this. Yeah, this this is a lot more. I mean. Yeah, man, you're, you're really... And Jordan Peele, I did uh, watch a, an interview with him afterwards, and he never really says or explains anything about this movie. Like, the most he'll say is that I, I'm leaving it ambiguous for people to interpret in their own ways or something. He lives so much to interpret, too. So a big part of all of his movies, if you don't already know, is there is a lot of the symbolism and hidden meanings, I guess, or the allegorical meanings, so... You know, obviously, uh, we know what Get Out kind of talked about. It was more of, you know, race relations, yeah. kind of, whatever. So this this has similar themes as well that play in it. So, um, you know, it's when you go into... The have and have not. I don't... Yeah, that. yeah. So when know. you go into this one as well, um, you know... I mean, you can watch a movie however you want, but if you want to understand it, you're going to have to get a little bit deeper as far as that goes. For some people, that works. For some, it doesn't. Yeah, I think you just got to watch it as a true horror movie and not yeah. think too much about it, at least the first watch. Yeah. But there's a lot of symbolism, like a lot, almost yeah. too much. Yeah, I, and, and there are... I did enjoy... S- Jordan Peele is a true fan of the genre, the horror genre. There's a ton of Easter eggs. So I did enjoy, like, the opening scene. She's sitting down watching Hands Across America, and it slowly pans into the old tube TV with the knobs, and there's VHS on the side. In the 80s. Yep, and the movies up there were Chud and The Goonies and uh, what was the other one? A Nightmare on Elm Street Which three or four. This or has some uh, Nightmare on Elm Street uh Homage, yes. homage. Yep. Uh, he said uh, the main song in this, which is in the previews, I got five on yep. it. Boom, boom. Yep. He said, I love that. By he the way. said uh, that song always reminded him of Nightmare on Elm Street and scared him a little bit. I don't know how, but because like ding, 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 like that. Yeah. I don't know. The, I, I did like how they turned it into a horror theme. Yeah, they because it was it. it was excellent. The score in this was yeah, amazing. Yeah, it was really good. It was really good. And the way so. the way they used music all together, like even the yeah. "fuck the police" song. Yeah, yeah, it was. Alexa, yeah, call the police. Fuck the police. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, he tries to throw in his comedy, uh, you know, parts here and there. Which he does it pretty good. Yeah. And, I don't know. It's a good movie. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you definitely owe it to yourself to see it in the theater. I mean, if you're a horror fan, there's a handful of movies each year that come out that need to be seen in the theater, and obviously this is one of them. And, oh, he plays tribute to like a ton of horror movies in this mm-hmm. I just I understand his whole like social commentary and yeah. stuff in the movie so I wish he I, wish, I think he just overdid it I wish he'd just make like a pure horror movie with the yeah. horror easter eggs and I stuff agree. so I understand what he's getting at but at the same time I think he's getting into the same problem that M. Night Shyamalan did where you're gonna expect something from exactly, him. yeah. Because you, your, your whole, both of the movies. So this is, it's hard to compare this one to Get Out, but when you've only done one other movie and it was a horror movie, it's hard not to. Yeah. But he, you're right. He is going down that path where every single one of his movies is, you're you're watching, you know, an hour and a half or an hour forty five minutes of movie, and you're just waiting for the big reveal at the end of the big right. twist, and. You know, hopefully he is able to not get because I'm not Shyamalan still puts out good movies every once in a while, but everyone's you know, you don't just want waiting him for to it. Beat like, yourself, beat himself up into trying to figure out some crazy twists and new movie ideas where you can just go and put a put a great movie out there. Right. You know, don't. So, we'll see. And, and honestly, I don't even want to get into um, any kind of spoilers or anything. I guess. No. <laughs> Did you notice the Black Flag T-shirts though? The black flag t-shirts yeah like the band henry rollins yeah no i noticed the uh thriller t-shirt i guess and the jaws t-shirt the kid was wearing at the beach which at was the awesome. beach yeah so there's a ton of shit yeah there's so many so many little de- details yeah. which that is i don't like the shining but that is what the shining is known for stanley kubrick is so into detail like even stuff you don't think matters there's something really? going on behind the scenes yeah and that's what Jordan Peele is becoming like he's everything's detail everything has a purpose which is good for a horror movie like I complain about long movies but and it helps with rewatches too because you, you know catch once stuff. you know what's coming up you can focus on other parts of the the screen yes so there's so much into it but yeah no there's I um I think uh, at the end of the year it'll be interesting to talk about this one as far as uh, top ten, yeah, because I'm sure it'll be for sure discussed. It's if it's not on our top fifteen list, we'll cover it in our recap show, and in, in a little bit more in depth. So, but that's uh, what we got for horror or uh, shotgun reviews. Anything before we bust into? No. All right, Mark Sargent. Let's get into our second feature review. The Devil's Candy. Can I help you? I need to come home now. This is mommy and daddy's house. They're dead. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry about what happened with your parents. But you, you don't live here anymore, okay? It's, it's time for you to leave. They won't let me play it loud. I need to play it loud. 
You need to leave now. Rated R, 2015. This is a short movie. 79 minutes. Dude, it's short, but I feel like there's something in every shot. Yeah, very purposeful. It's one of those, I almost feel like it's, we don't do it justice by doing an audio review about it because the music and the imagery all play a part in it. Yes. Yes, I agree. This one is quite a bit different on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. What do you what do you think this got on IMDb? I feel like it did better on IMDb. Okay. I'm going to say a seven. Six point four. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes. Fifty-five. Ninety-one. Oh shit! Okay. You that? Okay. Yeah, I can see that. So. This was. Directed by Sean Byrne, not um, my neighbor across the street. Sean Burns. <laughs> hey, Sean. Yeah, so Sean. This was also written by him. He he did The Loved Ones. He, he, so he only has one other feature film, and it was The Loved Ones. I hadn't seen it. It's on my... I somehow at one point clicked on my save or watch list for IMDb, so somebody told me to check it out at some point. It's a good movie. The Loved Ones? Yeah. It has nothing to do with this, though. I've heard people say this is like a sequel. It's like, no, it's not even close. No. Okay. Uh, but he's he's also done a lot of short films. So this one stars Ethan Embry, which I have to apologize. I think last episode I was getting Ethan Embry and... Um, Ethan Hawke. No. Yeah, I get them mixed the, up all uh, the time. Logan Marshall Green mixed up. Yeah, I, I know that person is, no. too. Ethan Embry's different. Um, Can't hardly wait, son. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as, as far as his horror cred goes, most notable probably for the guest, uh, maybe Vacancy or Night of the Wolf. This one has... He's sheer- Walking Dead or something, too. No. Hmm. You're thinking of uh, Pro Taylor Vince. This one also stars Shiri Appleby. And this, I know for a fact, I got mixed up because she actually looks just like Alice Braga from I Am Legend, so... I was like trying to, I I had to go through her film credits multiple times because I was like, I swear she was the one. I was like, nope, that was Alice Braga. Uh, But no, Shiri Appleby, um, she, I don't know, The the Killing Floor is is about what I found in lots of TV. Tons of film credits, but mostly TV. Uh, You know her from somewhere. I think if you saw her, not you, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I don't know, know her because she looks style. like Alice Braga to me. And and the only other horror cred she has is The Killing Floor, so I'm not really sure what else. Uh, and then lastly, you have Prue Taylor Vince, who we've talked about before. He was in Jacob's Ladder. Um, Swim Fan was kind of a horror movie. Oh, yeah, it was. Was she in Swim Fan? Yeah. Okay. I forgot about that one. I must have missed that. Um, their daughter was Kira Glasgow, which she's only got nine credits, but nothing after 2015. So this is one of the last movies. So I'm wondering if she's like in college or something. Well, yeah, she was a young actress. She was good in this. So. She was. Yeah, she was very good. That, that's why it surprises me. I'm like, man, she hasn't been anything really since this movie came out in 2015. And she did this one and one other one in 2015, but nothing else. So, I mean, I'm hoping she's... I don't know what she's doing. She should be acting because she's pretty good but I I don't know um that, that's I mean 
I'm about ready to get into this, I guess. The There's, main guy is in vacancy. Did you already mention that? Um, yeah, I did. Yep. Ethan Embry. I mentioned. But I know him from Can't Hardly Wait. I don't even know that movie. It's a. It's kind of like a. American Some Pie before American Pie. Yeah. And Jennifer Love Hewitt in her height with. The, Oh man, she was with something a, else back then. Yeah, she was like a smoke show in this movie, and he like writes this love letter to her. And basically, it's like a neckbeard's wet dream where if you confess your undying love to the hot chick, she's gonna fuck you. But there was like <laughs> Seth Green was in it. Oh, it love was, it. It was like a high school, like a teen party movie. It was good. It was good. Yeah, I just remember because my brother. Was obsessed with J Love. J Love Hewitt. Yeah, no, she um she was she was God, what has she been in lately? I'm trying to think. She was a ghost whisperer, but I don't know. Maybe one of the CSIs or something. Yeah. She's on TV now. Yeah. But back then, she was a dime. She was. So let's talk about the fact that this movie is like the ultimate metal movie i mean this and what uh deathgasm i mean this is yeah deathgasm is more of a comedy but this perfectly this is the epitome of blending metal and horror in an actual horror movie deathgasm was great but that was a comedy horror i've heard this like uh green room was like the punk rock horror yes and this is the heavy metal horror which ties in good with like a the satanic panic back in the day that yeah. they thought anyone listened to metal music was into Satanism, which ties into this movie. But on the opposite side, kind of. Yeah, no, this this was great. And myself being a huge hard rock and metal fan, like it was it was excellent. I, I recognized almost all the songs and. I was going to ask you about that. Oh, fuck yeah. No, I got... Once you get into it, I'll stop you with... Uh, yeah. I didn't write down the songs, but I knew... I heard some Metallica in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was mainly Metallica. The beginning and end of the movie was Metallica. Yeah. So. All right. Let's get into it. The Devil's Candy. So this movie is mostly about the relationship between the dad and the daughter. Mm-hmm. And the mom's also there, but I feel like it's mostly between those two. It is. I would agree with that. Okay. <clears throat> like, Cujo starts with the bat and ends with the bat. This has a similar thing. I'm going to say it, uh, even though I just gave it away. Of Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, this whole podcast is about... Yeah, but I don't want to give away the ending yet. Anyways, sure. we see this very large man big fat dude and we hear like it sounds like Gregorian chants that's all I can say they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yep. Whoa, whoa. like he's hearing noises so he immediately gets up and starts jamming on his guitar playing like heavy metal yeah, pretty much strums, just strumming it he strums I, I couldn't figure out if it I, pl- I play guitar not as much as I used to but it sounds like it's just in like drop D tuning just open strum yeah which comes into play the same fucking chord over and over which is actually creepy it works great that 
paired with the score, yes, very creepy. The one thing this movie does is 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 it's extremely atmospheric in the times that it wants you to feel okay, yeah, this is a horror movie and I'm getting creeped out. Extremely extremely atmospheric. The color is awesome in this and we'll get into that as well too, but they do a really good job. Tons and tons of symbolism in this. This is loaded with symbolism and this is actually the second time I watched it. Right. And I missed a lot of it the first time. Uh, so I'm glad because I just re- I, I watched this within the last year for the first time and you know rewatching it uh, today I was able to really pick up on some of the things I had missed before which really made me appreciate yeah uh, everything which so. makes it hard to do it justice just talking about it because you right. gotta see it and listen to it right so in the first thing too is uh, Prue Vince Taylor or Prue Taylor Vince sorry is a very um, recognizable character and what makes him work he's like a uh, i don't know if, how to explain it like a body actor so he's a large man he's he's large he's over 300 pounds in his facial expressions alone i mean he really doesn't say a lot in this movie very very little dialogue but the expressions he makes on his face really he doesn't really need to say anything well we get the impression he's a uh, little slow I don't think he's slow as much as he's uh, troubled because, you know, towards the end of the movie, you find out that at nine years old, you know, he he tried chopping someone up and burying them and got caught. So there's one problem I have with it. We'll get into it. All right. I'm I'm curious to hear that. So. Uh, so he's strumming his guitar and his mom comes up into his room and this man is probably 30, 40 years old, right? Yeah, I'd say probably 40. He's an old... He's like, cut that shit out, basically. And he's like, if I don't play it, I can't... If I play the guitar, I can't hear him. That's what he says. And his mom's like, I'm calling your dad. You're going back to the hospital. Basically, like, he's he's been... You know it's the mental hospital. Right. And she walks out, and then he kind of follows her. He's hearing the voices, and he grabs his guitar. It's like a vendor... Fender V. No, I don't know if it was a Fender. But I don't know. It was know. a Flying V. A Flying V. I think it was a Gibson. I'm not really sure. But it was a Flying V, which is very iconic. Like, Dave Mustaine. They mentioned Kirk Hammett, but I'm going to call bullshit on that because Kirk Hammett is most notable for his um, his um, mummy guitar. It's not a Flying V. Okay. If you're gonna call a fucking call out a, a famous flying V guitar, you better call out like Dave Mustaine or something. So, yeah, we come on, get your facts straight. We Talk all know a real what you're metal talking fan about. If you're if you're gonna be yeah. So he follows his mom, and she turns around at the top of the stairs, and he hits her. Great camera work, by the way, on this. I loved it. It was like a slow motion, like yeah. her falling back and him just. Wailing on her. There was multiple scenes where they showed him just getting at it. But they don't show it. They show right before it. Yeah, but you see him coming up and lifting the guitar. Yeah. But same thing, too, with the kid on the swing. Just the picture of of, of Ray. Ray is is this guy we're talking about. Yeah. The picture and the shot of Ray. um, Oh, there you go. We yeah. got... Um, it's been going on. Yeah, we got Friday the 13th, um, the final chapter going on in the background. I just happened to turn around when 
she's getting naked to go for a swim. Perfect timing. Anyways, yeah, the, this this scene was excellent, showing Ray his facial expression and just getting ready to fucking crush some skull with that guitar. So he hits her basically. We don't really see him hit her, but we get the idea that he does. She falls down the stairs. Cut to we see this old man come in, finds the body. We take it that it's his dad. Yeah. And then cut scene. Boom. And then we get our main family. We get Jesse is the dad. And he's painting in his garage, listening to heavy metal. He's painting some, like, butterflies and stuff. Is it Metallica? He's painting some, like, kind of girly shit, really. Yeah, they, they, it's kind of a joke. He's painting butterflies for a bank. <laughs> so he's doing oh, this just to get commission, basically, to pay the bills. He is greasy the whole time. I was man. just... You stole my joke. I was just going to say, God, this guy looked like he needed a fucking shower the entire I don't know if he movie. ever showered. It's well, like, it was a wig he was wearing, which you could clearly see it was a wig. But, my God, that guy... I know you're in, like, South Texas heat, but take a shower, bro. Yeah, yeah, he looked just dirty the whole fucking movie. So, damn hippie painter. They're in the car. I think maybe they go check out the new house. We get the mom, the dad, and the daughter, and they're jamming out, rocking out. It was awesome. And the mom's like, "Can't can we listen to something more mild?" And the daughter's like, "What you mean Metallica?" <laughs> yeah. like, that was a funny inside joke to them. Yep. Which I think that's a common theme. For metalheads, uh, Metallica is light. It is. I wouldn't call maybe like old Metallica is metal, but it's yeah. I I wouldn't consider Metallica metal as much as I love them. I got a Metallica tattoo. I only got uh, a couple tattoos, and one of them is a Metallica tattoo. So I'm I'm a hardcore fan. All right. So they go out to this farmhouse because they want to buy it. And the the sh- da- I, I'm going to stop you right there. So once he gets out of the car, you can see the shirt he's wearing. And he's wearing a Metallica Master of Puppets uh, oh, shirt. Yes. I have that exact same shirt hanging up in my closet right now. I should have put it on tonight. Oh, I also missed the part. When uh, Ray hits his mom, there's a cross in his room. And when he hits the mom, the cross turns upside down. Yeah. So you know in the first minute of this movie that it's... Biblical kind of well that it's it's either a like gonna be you you know in the first minute that it's going to be uh, or is something about possession or satanic satanic yeah so they go there and they like the house and Jesse the artist the dad really likes I don't call it a barn area. He's like, this is a perfect, like, studio for him. Yeah, it's just like an outbuilding. Yeah. And the realtor is, like, real country guy. This is in Texas. Like, rural Texas. Like, well, I got to tell you, by law, people died here. And we find out an old lady died. And her husband... Two people, she said. Her husband couldn't take it, so he killed himself. Yeah, he's like... Well, old lady fell down the steps, and her husband couldn't take it. And that was that, which you know is bullshit. But and he said, it's not like Charles Manson lived here. Which I don't know why. Yeah. I wrote that down. That was a funny little line. <laughs> okay, so cut to, we get back to the fat dude, Ray. He checks into a hotel. 
which this is visibly the, disturbed. So I'm curious as far as I guess the only question I have or what I'm curious about is like the timeline. If something just all of a sudden, you know, clicked in him where he started acting up again, I guess you could call it, or if he just couldn't suppress that any longer and started acting up. But, you know, why now? Why? What? what? Because he's hearing these voices. Yeah. Why is he hearing uh, these voices? And well, this is the only problem I have with it is both his parents die in the house he's living in and and they know he has a past and no one thinks to even like try to find out where this guy is well they probably know i'm sure he didn't go anywhere i i'm assuming he's at that, a hotel yeah yeah but i'm assuming that they got there and um i guess i don't know i never really thought about that i guess just without thinking that the cops got there and assumed that the mom fell down the steps and you don't know what happened to the dad. The yeah. dad killed himself or maybe he killed the dad and made it look like a suicide. Right. But you have to imagine this is probably at minimum like a month later at the very minimum. Yeah. And it's a small town police yeah. force, I guess. So I guess I never really thought about that, but, but I kind of just... He checks into this hotel and he's hearing the voices and he's ringing the bell like aggressively so he's like trying to drown out yeah, the voices yeah to not hear the voices yeah uh, cut to the family Astrid the mom's a little skeptic about getting the house but Jesse's like here smoke this weed calm down We're, we bought a house uh, then we get like kind of a punk rock montage of them like cleaning up the house and redoing it yeah like moving in and and yeah the song i don't know what the song is but at the end it's already dead already dead already dead oh i didn't even catch that and then the camera zooms in on like their family portrait yeah i don't know what the song is i wasn't even paying attention to that song so i was like oh they're already dead uh, then we cut to Fat Man jamming in his hotel room. Cops knock on the door, tell him to turn down the music. Ray says he'll be quiet. Uh, obviously, he needs loud noises to drown out the, the voices, so it's not good. People tell him to be quiet because bad things happen when he can't drown out the voices. Did you catch that? Yeah, drowning out the... Playing, yeah. playing the music drawn off the... Yeah. So, Jesse drives Zoe to her new school. And she doesn't want to be there because she's kind of like an alternative kid. She doesn't fit in. She's wearing a Slayer t-shirt, I saw. Which is actually, like, really popular now. Yeah. To wear Slayer t-shirts, even though you don't know who Slayer is. Oh, that pisses me off. <laughs> but at the time, that was probably, like, yeah. alternative... Uh, back home. She also wears uh, another Metallica shirt later on, a Ride the Lightning shirt. Yeah. I love it. Back home, Jesse starts hearing the same voices that Ray is hearing. And... Yeah, it's like the... You make it see... Yeah. I guess it's like maybe the first time he's at the house by himself. Yeah. Or else he's finally kind of succumbing. I was trying to think, like... It's got to be something with the house that's causing... 
something but Ray still hears it outside the house so like it sticks with him or something I guess I don't know if it stemmed with the house or what but I I, I was trying to figure out why Jesse started hearing it because at first like you're thinking well maybe it's if you have a weak mind because that's what you're to think with Ray but why did it choose Jesse over you know anyone else I guess yeah I don't know for him to start hearing it so I I guess I was a little confused um, I think that's plays in the end well, not why it chose Jesse, but... Yeah. But he hears the voice. It drives him upstairs to Zoe's room, and he pulls off a poster, and he sees the upside-down cross. Well, but the cross wasn't upside-down. It was just the outline of the cross that was there. Right, burnt into, like, the drywall. Not the drywall. Yeah, the, the wall or whatever. Yeah. Then he goes to the barn and starts painting... This was, I, I love this scene because, like, when you first see him, he's got his shirt off and he's painting and he's, like, just looking badass. He's, he's pretty fucking ripped. You can tell him and uh, Astrid had Zoe when they are pretty young. Yeah. <coughs> so he's still, him and Zoe are still fairly young and he's him just and shredded. Yeah. And he goes in, and that was a good scene, too, because it did kind of set the tone. It was, I don't know if I'd say creepy, but... You know, the, it was a slow pan with the camera, um, and then you could see his tattoos, and he was all muscled Heavy up. metal music yep, playing. metal just rocking. So this is the next time we see him painting, and it's the same kind of thing. Shirtless, and then he goes to put that mask on, which I thought was awesome. It made him look really sinister. So, yeah. like, the first time I watched this, I was trying to think, like, I, I was almost taking it as far as, like, is he going to turn into a bad guy kind of thing? Is he going to get possessed and all that? He's so. being tempted. Yep. So it was it was pretty cool because it, he he looked he looked damn good wearing that uh, creepy wearing that. Calm weird, down. Yeah. Calm yeah. down. <laughs> don't don't worry. I'm, I'm, it's I, a Joe Blow, yeah. not Blow Joe. Blow Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so that, I thought that looked pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not gonna be able to stand up for the next couple minutes. <laughs> shouldn't have wore sweatpants, dude. God uh, damn it. <laughs> So Zoe gets back from her first day, which I don't know who's giving her rides, but this day someone else gave her a ride. She hates it. Astrid goes out to the barn to see Jesse all in a trance. She's like, Jesse, Jesse. And finally he's like, huh? What? Yeah, so when he gets into painting, he loses all concept of time and just gets lost in his painting. And they cut back and they show he painted the upside down cross. It's like, I, I don't know how long I was out here. Um, so then, like, the next day, the doorbell rings and Zoe answers. And who is it? Big fat guy Ray. And he's just kind of quiet. And she has a tattoo of a guitar, even though she's like flying f- v, 15. A red flying V. Yeah. He's like, oh, I've got one just like that. And she's like, I always wanted one. So, yeah. So, at first, it's like you're wondering how this is going to go. It, it, it It's like just like uh, Cape Fear whenever De Niro's in the scene. Yes, I was just going to compare it to that. The same kind of thing. You've got a young girl that is, you know, she has no idea, you know, stranger danger kind of stuff. And she's kind of looking at him a little bit sideways at first, but then he mentions her guitar and she's like instant boom, best friend kind of thing. Right. And I feel like this, they could have, um, I don't know. I, part of me, this movie was so short 
But I feel like they could have really explored this whole concept a little bit more where they could have had him show up and then chat with her because the first couple minutes she's, you know, just like, oh, this guy is cool as fuck. He knows about this guitar and she's talking to him like a friend. And I feel like they really could have uh, heightened the experience at the end if he would have just left when her and him are on that that level of kind of friendship yeah. and they could build upon that for a little bit. So then, you know, when he lays in her bed later on and, and you know, that shit is just even more creepy and everything else. But Right. Well, I mean, this comes just, back to where he seems a little mentally ill. Yeah. So everyone, at least the daughter, gives him a break. Like, he's just... Yeah. Well, I, I think they were... Yeah, so, I mean, well, to finish the scene out... Uh, she's just chatting him up, talking about the um, uh, the guitar, and then Jesse comes in and is like, hey, you know, get the fuck out of here kind well, of thing. He says, I need to come home now. Mommy and Daddy yep. are dead. Yep. So we know this is old house already, basically. Yeah. But they it, know then. Yeah, who, and Jesse's like, get the fuck out of here, basically. Yep. So and then the wife and daughter are like, oh, you're too hard on him. He just lost his parents kind of thing. But yeah, and then we see him whenever he's at his motel. There's always like some preacher on the TV, there's some Christian thing. Uh, he says something about the devil isn't isn't some man with horns and a tail. He it's looks just evil, like yeah. us. So that's a little hinting. He's more human looking. He lives through us. Which was kind of confusing because if Jesse hadn't heard and wasn't drawn to that kind of stuff, you could make the argument that this entire movie was in the head of Ray. That there were no supernatural or, um, yeah. you know, possession stuff going on. It was just because they already told you and let you know that he was in a mental hospital and right. this kind of stuff. So then you could kind of leave it ambiguous as far as, well, was it all in his head or not? I always but, thought that, too. But, but since Jesse's hearing Jesse it is hearing it, then you're like, okay, well, it's there definitely is... definitely yeah, something supernatural. I always thought that. They could have, like, well, was he possessed or was he just crazy? Yep. But obviously he's hearing it. Jesse's hearing it. Uh, Jesse's going to take Zoe to school, and on the front porch says the red... Flying V guitar that Zoe always wanted. Just like, no, you can't keep it because you're not going to take this from this strange man. He's like, well, you could tell, like, the whole movie, you can tell that they're kind of strapped for money. The only reason they got this big house is because it was on the cheap because of the deaths. Right. So they're hurting for money. They, they only have one vehicle. Which they do a good job explaining because he basically, as you will, you'll find out, he forgets her at school a couple times, uh, but they can't afford another vehicle. Um, Astrid works at a hair salon and takes the bus in. So they, they do a good job of putting small stuff in that because you have people, I guess like me, that if they don't like a movie, they start nitpicking it too much. But right. they answer they a lot of those questions. It, right. Yeah. You're like, how did that happen? <clears throat> like, no. Yeah, is, they do kind of cover the bases with that for sure but at this point he doesn't want to give her the guitar you know for a normal reason as far as being a parent goes right and he's like well i was gonna buy you one for your birthday and then she's like not a marshall half stack with a flying v yeah so 
Okay, so Jesse has this new artwork and he takes pictures of it, puts it on a USB stick and brings it to this gallery he's been trying to get into. And like the lady, it's probably like the head assistant to the guy of the gallery. She seems sinister as fuck. Yeah, okay, so let's talk about this real quick here. The second time I watched this, I noticed it and then uh, read a little stuff on it. But the art gallery is called Belial, which is a hidden meaning. So Belial is probably the most sinister of all the demons. Yeah. And before the Old Testament, it was basically assumed that Belial was the leader of all the evil forces kind of thing, not Satan. Uh, the New Testament kind of established Satan as, you know, the, the main bad guy, if you will. Um, so there's a lot of hidden meaning with just the, um, art, the gallery. art gallery being Belial. But also, too, it's literal because you can tell that they like to specialize in that. The dark art. That freaky, disturbing Onward. Uh, dark arts. Yeah. But, you know, Belial, he was a demon of seduction and corruption which you know plays into the whole theme of the movie as well here too so yeah so this whole this whole movie is a fight between good and evil which you kind of figure out in like succumbing to the evil and beating the evil type anyways we get fatty ray ray parked in a car on the road outside a park Oh, I want to say too. Sorry, uh, with the studio. Uh, so we we there's symbolism in the name of the studio. But when you walk in the studio, it was creepy as fuck. It was just dripping with atmosphere, right. low light levels, dark black colored art on the wall. <coughs> then you get to the receptionist you talked about, who was fucking, you know, dimey dark hair. Yeah, she was a dime. Wearing <laughs> a red dress, and then she had black fingernail polish on. Everything's so, sinister. Yes. So at this point, you're starting to, well, you should be noticing that everything is red. So I guess everything that can be, maybe you can say kissed by the devil or whatever, because I noticed that, well, Ray's outfit, he's wearing a red jumpsuit. The art gallery, the dress on that hottie is red. The light in Zoe's room She's got a red light bulb and a red shroud around her lamp in there. Um, oh, gosh. What else is that? I mean, there, there's there's so much red Symbolism. going on. Yes, with, with everything. And, and obviously, you know, red is the color of the devil. So. Right. She's a tall dime, too. It's oh, yeah. Two nickels stacked on top of each other. Boom. Uh, okay, so F- Fatty Ray Ray is outside this park. We see these two brothers playing. One's maybe like 14. The other one's like seven maybe and he's creeping on these two kids so this is when he's sitting in his car and he looks like he just went you know gas stations when they've got like the bucket of candy you pull one out for a nickel it looks yeah. like he just bought the whole fucking thing and he's, he's sitting popping in his car in his just like, popping candy and yep. you hear the real like yep like the gross so, noise yep more of your your symbolism, I guess, with the candy, candy. you know, the devil's candy. So right. Why he's staring basically, at these boys. you know, at this point, you're kind of, especially with my second viewing, 
you're like, well, maybe he's either possessed by the devil or he's just a vessel yeah. for the devil kind of thing because it almost looks like he goes into like certain trances or, um, you know, he gets put, kind of possessed into doing certain things, which we'll talk about in a second. And it almost seems like he has supernatural powers at some points. Not in how strong he is or anything, but how he just like eludes people and somehow outsmarts people just like Cape Fear. Huh. Uh, so he's watching these two kids and we're like, oh fuck, what is he going to do? Uh, the older boy, he's hide- he gets out of his car and he's hiding like in the trees around this park. And the older boy chases the dog into the trees. Like, oh fuck, this kid's getting it. Yep. And then we see the little boy swinging, and he swings into the frame, so he takes up the whole frame, like, forward. Yep. And then when he swings back, that's when we see Ray behind him with a rock in his hands. Yeah, he, like, slowly goes and, like, palms this pretty good-sized rock that's, like, the size of a cantaloupe. And he's smiling maniacally. Yeah, well, and it's, it's, again, it's a slow motion, very similar to when he killed his mom, but, man... It's this is what terrifying. I was talking about before is, I mean, you got to hand it to the actor as well because it's slow motion and he doesn't just lift that rock up. I mean, he is lifting that rock up as high as he can above his head. And then you can just see the effort when he fucking goes. I mean, he is. He's got the biggest shit eating grin on his face. It's terrifying. Yeah, he's, he's, and this he's, movie does not afraid to kill children. No. just saying that, which makes it even more terrifying because you know they'll kill people off at the end oh the guitar is red too yeah uh this whole time we're getting cutback scenes of jesse painting well heavy metal music is playing and then we get to see jesse's finished painting or after this scene and we see that little kid's face with like a scream yeah the little kid on the swing so he He's painting that little kid while that he's getting attacked. Yeah. So his picture, you have to assume when he's drawing his picture, he, he turns the butterfly picture into this crazy, look gnarly, dark, like heavy metal art picture. I would, yeah. But it's got four faces on it. Right. Um, Eventually. And, and, I don't know. If yeah. Well, I'll, I'll let you continue on. I might be jumping the gun a little bit, so... He eventually has four faces. I'm not sure. But the scream, I would compare it to the scream from that. Is it Van Gogh, the scream? I don't know, but it's just a terrifying little kid. Looks just like the kid from that. And, uh... <laughs> so, and he painted over the butterfly one that they needed for money. Yeah. So Zoe's pissed off. Oh, he forgot to pick her up on her second day, and it's, like, dark out because he was in that trance painting. So he went to go pick her up, and it was, like, three hours too late. And she's like, swear on my grave, you'll never do this again. That's some foreshadowing. It's like, I swear, baby, I swear. Which I I, I think this has a little bit of, um, like, addiction. Like, it's kind of... Like, if he was on drugs, like, yeah. if you're addicted, you you don't mean to sure. blow shit off. Yeah. And the entire theme of this movie as well, um, 
is, I guess, like you said, about the family bond. Right. And it focuses more so on the dad, the dad and the daughter um, than anyone else. But you can see that they, they do have a special bond. Right. You know, they're, they're super close and tight. And it really affects him. And he's really trying to be like, yeah, a good yeah. dad. Yeah, and it, it really does affect him when he upsets her. And, yeah, but at this part, she's like, well, can I keep the guitar? He's like, all right, fine, you can keep the guitar. Yeah. Uh, so then we get back to the hotel where Fatty Ray Ray is dragging a screaming kid in like a... Oh, what the hell do you call it? A sleeping bag. Which, I don't know how he didn't fucking just cave that kid's skull in right. with the force of that rock. But it just shows how careless he is, too. Because, yeah. like, he's just doing it right right out in the open, dragging yeah. him into the motel. And then he throws the kid in the bathtub, and then we see he's stripped down, and he's wearing basically, like, his underwear and a uh, trash bag. Yeah. And a, he grabs a, a saw. plastic bag. And we hear the kids screaming. Fucking brutal. This scene is pretty brutal. It doesn't really show much other than just blood, but him walking in looking like the guy from Murder Party and carrying a a saw like that into a bathtub with a screaming kid was... It does enough, you know. And the kid continues to scream, so, like, did he chop him up while he's still alive? Yeah, yeah, he must have until the kid passed out or something. Terrifying. Terrifying. Uh... Okay, so this is where Jesse finishes his painting, and then we get, like, three more screaming kids on his painting. He yeah, doesn't finish well, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, I think at this point there's... Is, is Zoe on it? Zoe is on it. Yeah, yeah. okay, so you're, you're led to believe that he's already killed three kids. Yeah. But the, one of the next scenes in the movie is him going to the hole... Yeah, where he's, he's like, there's four suitcases there. Yeah. So either one kid had to get split up into two, or else there's four kids that he's killed. Maybe. Well, yeah, so, he's. So he has this. It's on the property that the family's living on, which is his old property. And he's like digging a hole and pulling out suitcases. So he murdered kids. And he throws a new suitcase in, which is the new kid he just killed. And. But Astrid comes in and sees the painting and sees Zoe on it. And she's all pissed off at Jesse. And he's like, the children are inside of me. They're begging to be let out or something. Like, I don't understand. Like, so She's trying to get him to just fucking stop being weird. Yep. And he's like, it's not done. But in the painting, <clears throat> the three kids all have like black around their eyes and then you have Zoe who's not but she's covered in or surrounded by flames right and that's what really bothers uh, Astrid and she wants him to basically like destroy it and uh, he's like it's not done well he you go- don't understand he goes to destroy it with a that box night cutter. later that night yeah yeah and he can't do it because he starts hearing the chanting voices yeah. again Okay, so then later that night, Ray, we see Ray come into the house, and he sneaks into Zoe's bed. Oh, that was... And it's creepy as fuck. Creepiest fucking scene ever. Whenever he's in the shot, it's scary, but... So, I, I forgot about this scene, because... It, it stops because, um... Well, I guess you see Jesse leave, 
And he goes to destroy the painting, but right. then he starts painting it again. Yeah. The next thing you see is someone climbing into bed. You don't know who it is, so even the second time I watched the movie, I'm like, you know, expecting Jesse to climb into bed with his wife, and that's not the case. No. So Ray is like big spooning Zoe while she's sleeping, and he says... Whispering creepy fucking shit. He wanted it to be you, Bob wouldn't let him. And then Zoe wakes up, and he covers her mouth, and then she starts screaming. Asher comes up to save her. Then Jesse runs in too. Ray just like overpowers both of them. Like maybe punches Jesse. Yeah, like Jesse grabs his ankle and he gets kicked in the fucking chops. Right. And Ray just peels out. Gets away. And then they get... The cops come out. And... Jesse feels like a piece of shit because he was out in the studio and Ray snuck in. Which, this is kind of a common theme that the paintings, which is why I kind of compare it to addiction, always, like, he's never there because he's always painting. And they tell him about Ray and everything. The cops tell him about Ray's past. Tell him to put new locks on the doors. Uh, so it's a lady cop. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Well, so his past, you find out that when he was nine, he, so you assume that he's, he's had these voices in the head since he was nine because the cop said, well, when he was nine, he He said uh, the devil made him do it. Yeah. He got caught trying to bury some kid on his property and that's why he initially got sent to the uh, juvie. Right. But yeah, you find out because he, you know, he said the devil told him to do it. So. But I feel a little bit, this man has already overpowered Jesse and his whole family. And then they put a lady cop there. It's like, he's going to overpower that lady. Nothing against lady cops. But anyways, they put uh, a cop on guard outside. Which I always wondered in these movies, why would you make the obvious... Like, oh, here's a cop right here. I know where you're at. Like, why don't the cops like be more discreet? Well, because they're not trying to use them as bait. The whole point is, is to put a squad car out there. Right, I know, but them. you could easily just walk up to the cop car and shoot him or something. Well, it'd probably be different, but he doesn't have a gun, and there's no use, of, or, or there's nothing. I mean, you have to look at this from the eyes of the, the police. Technically, this guy hasn't done anything yet. The only thing he did was show up at the house and and then leave yeah. and then he gets in her bed and then leaves so I mean they're like okay this is a creepy guy you know he didn't try to harm anyone so that's probably the way they're looking at it obviously with us knowing what we know it would be a little bit different right okay I have Jesse's looking off into the yard waiting for Ray to return oh yeah we see Black Phillip for the first time yeah the four hundred go what what did we see? The witch. black That's Black Phillip from The Witch. I know, witch. but what did he see? I just wrote it down. He saw a four-horned horn Yeah, it was, it was just a black... black. Did uh, he see goat. a literal goat? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, I don't know if there was an actual goat. No, there, but he but saw... He was, it was a goat. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't. Okay. Black Phillip. Whoa, Black Phillip. Okay, so... Zoe... At school the next day, she's like, I feel safer at school, which she has hated school. But she's like, no, I'd rather go to school than stay here. Like, begrudgingly let her go to school. Uh, 
he drives to drop her off. And yeah. I'll tell you what, man, that was that was a pretty powerful scene. You know, I mean that there there's probably not much worse. There there's probably not a worse feeling than a father that like in his case where you've let your kid down and you can't protect your own family. Dude, I would have parked outside that school. Yeah, the that, whole that's day. that's pretty that's a pretty fucking uh harsh reality to come to terms with. So yeah, I mean that was pretty powerful. Uh, so Jesse gets a call from the art studio. They want to talk to him about it. He's like, well, no, I can't do that time. I got to pick up my daughter. So they decide a little bit earlier, but still it's going to be cutting it close on time. And this were the theme of the art gallery being evil. It's like the head guy from the gallery comes over. Yep. And you can tell the guy, the guy's trying to keep him there longer the whole time. It's like, no, I got to get going, basically. He's like, well, we can make you a lot of money if you just stay and talk to me for a little longer. So the shirt he's wearing, there's a lot of symbolism in that. It says, find what you love and let it kill you. So that's the shirt that Jesse is wearing. Oh, really? Yep. So then the guy goes and looks at all of his art stuff. And basically, you know, there, there's got to be something, too, because Jesse... Jesse doesn't know that he's drinking that, you know, whatever, 100-year-old... Yeah, special cognac Cognac and whatever, and he, then he just takes a chug. So I don't know if that's, start, if, if that's like, uh, symbolism in that Jesse doesn't know the talent he's possessing right now when he's probably literally possessed. Yeah. But, yeah, so there's... Going on where the dealer, was it Larry or whatever his name is? I don't know, Gary, Jerry. Yeah. Is, is wanting Barry. to sit down and, and chat with him. Barry. And he's like, I got to go pick my daughter up. And he basically, well, because at this point, too, he's like, you don't understand. He's like, you know, this painting almost killed me. Yeah. And he the dealer says, retorts something. says yeah. nothing uh, without worth comes without sacrifice. So, yeah, insinuating w- you're going to have to sacrifice what you love to, right. you know, whatever. For fame, money, so, whatever. Yep. And then he ultimately sacrifices what he loves for what he truly loves at the end when he cuts the painting up. Right. So it kind of comes back full circle. So the whole time he's he's fighting his own demons, yep. basically. Okay, so eventually he gets the dealer out, but we, the art dealer... And he's, he seems pretty devilish. So he's speeding in his station wagon, trying to get to pick Zoe up because he promised he wouldn't be late again. And then his tire blows on the way there, which makes you think some more supernatural forces are out to get him. Uh, So he starts basically running down the street, which is like got to be several miles away. Which I don't understand, like... If he was trying to call Zoe, but why wouldn't you just call the fucking school or something, you know? Call the office. Yeah. He could have. I don't know. Uh, he gets to the school, and Zoe's not there. Burn, 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 burn. Cut to Zoe's tied up in a bathtub, duct tape over her mouth. With a big scar uh, or a gash on her forehead, so... So Ray Ray got her. Fatty Fatty Ray Ray. But yeah, she uh, got the same fate 
up to this point as, as the other kid. Yeah, the kid that we saw before. And yeah. He's out. Which is, I, I was curious as far as how he got her because she knows what he looks like at this point. Yeah. And she had a gash on the front of her head and he abducted her at school, which... Well, if she was the only one there left, yeah. like the other Well, time. how late was he, though? I don't know. You know, I mean, he... If he, he, he ran probably there. only, like, a couple minutes. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Uh, anyway, she looks up to see Ray there, smiling. He wipes the tears, and then he tastes her tears. Like, he licks the te- wipes the tears off her face, and then yeah. licks his fingers. It's disturbing as fuck. Yeah. He says... He's right. He's right. You are the sweetest candy of them all. I have to do that thing I don't want to do now. So basically, he's like, I don't want to kill you, but I have to now. And then he walks out of, of the bathroom and starts putting on his garbage sack and getting his saw ready and everything. Meanwhile, Zoe's like wiggling out of the duct tape. Uh, she gets out right at the last minute when he opens the door. She's jumping out the window. Which is kind of cool. She's kind of a little badass, which she's kind of portrayed to be already. And the heavy metal music starts playing, but I think it's like the strumming that he's doing at the beginning, like boom, boom, which is creepy. It works really well. Something Um, that simple. He grabs her feet, but she slips out and gets away. And then we cut to Astrid is holding her and Jesse's like, I'm so sorry. And so he's like, you swore on my life or my, my grave. grave. <laughs> At that point, he's like, well, what the fuck? Would you, what do you want me to do? The tire blew. <laughs> like, he doesn't say that, but like, yeah, he really couldn't. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know what kind of ex- you, you That is like maybe the one time you couldn't do an excuse like, oh, my tire blew. Right. Like. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe if she was, like, you had to go pick her up and she was waiting outside the school again until dark, then you could drop right. that. But he's smoking crack or something. Yeah. No, I don't know. Oh, the, this is where we find out about Ray's past. Oh, yeah. Uh, apparently, the cop says, Ray said something, I have to feed him children because children are his candy creepy as fuck right uh cop says you need to go into witness protection so the cops are staying outside where they're all packing their shit ready to go we see ray buying gas and a lighter at a gas station which is yeah <laughs> red flags right something's about to happen Got a red lighter and a red gas can so they're loading up the luggage. And the way the cars are parked is one after another. So you've got the trunk of one, and then you only have a couple foot space before the bumper of the other car. Right, And they're two both ca- standing cars. in between the two cars, which is important. And of course, Jesse's out looking at his painting. He finally takes the box cutter and just cuts it up. So this is kind of his moment where he overcomes the temptations of evil or whatever yeah. I would say it's just like he, he could fight the, he he the demons over which Ray fame. couldn't yep so Zoe and Astrid are getting ready upstairs and then they hear screaming from outside from the lady cop 
and then Astrid opens the door, and this we get a horrific scene. It's pretty, pretty yeah. awesome. I would say you, Not you awesome. know right away too. Like I remember uh, when I first watched this, you knew because it doesn't show it. You just hear the crash the and then <laughs> screaming. <laughs> Yeah. So you knew, you know, even without looking like, oh, they both got trapped in between the fucking two cars. And Dude, it's pretty gnarly. Yeah. So Ashley looks out. Well, the woman's trapped in between the cars. Yeah, screaming. the guy is. I think he's, he's like crawling on the ground. Yeah. And Ray gets out of the car, gets his favorite weapon, the rock. Not the rock, Dwayne Johnson, but like an <laughs> actual rock. He's got Dwayne Johnson swinging <laughs> his fucking. Which would be terrifying. But <laughs> He smashes the guy crawling on the ground, and then he goes up. I don't know if we see it, but he hits the woman, too. And so Ashley comes back inside. Ray grabs one of the cop's guns. And Jesse runs back inside to see what the fuck's going on. And, like, because we don't see Ray. I don't know. And he looks out the front door, Jesse does, and he gets shot at through the door. Doesn't hit him yet. No. He tells Zoe and Asher to run. They do. They hide in the worst fucking spot ever. They, they move like 15 feet to the end of the hall and hide in a closet. Yeah. And Jesse hides around the door because he sees Ray coming up to it. Ray busts in and Jesse tries to attack him, but... Ray just easily, like, overpowers him and shoots him, like, two or three times. Well, just hits him once in the side. <clears throat> oh, he only shoots him once. Yep, he hits him just once in the side of his kind of, like, right. chest or belly or whatever. But anyways, he's unconscious, maybe dead. We don't know. Uh, Ray keeps moving. And we don't see it, but he finds him right away. Like, we're still getting, like, a camera angle of, like, the hallway, but we, we know he finds them because they're screaming. Yeah. And we hear both the girls screaming, and then a couple shots, and then we just hear Zoe screaming. So, we know Astro got shot. Uh, Ray goes out to the car, pulling Zoe with him. To grab the gas. The gas and the lighter. Meanwhile, Astro crawls out and tries to wake up Jesse. She got shot in the hip or something, so yes. she can't move, and she's losing a lot of blood. Yeah, she's slowly dying, kind of. And then Ray sees that she's still alive, so he puts the gun to her head. And it's, like, it's, Yeah, it's kind of like a slow scene where, you know, they're taking some time to, to kill her off. And I really thought... He, Was this your first time watching this? No, okay. but I really thought he might. Yeah. He might shoot yeah. her. And oh, for sure. she's like... Her drooling, like, please don't shoot Pleading me. for life, yeah. And, oh, man, I thought he was going to do it, and he did do it. But yeah. he's click, out of ammo. Because even though he's smarter than everyone, he's not the smartest. Yeah, he, he <laughs> you could tell when he was handling that gun, he was looking at it all weird, like he didn't know what the fuck to do with it, so. Yeah, so he, he pours... The gasoline as he's walking up the stairs, carrying Zoe. And when he gets to the top of the stairs, he lights the gasoline on fire. Meanwhile, Astra's trying to wake up Jesse. Finally gets him awake. Uh, that heavy metal strumming's going again, which plays really well. Jesse wakes up, hears Zoe screaming. He pulls out 
ass straight out into the yard because she can't walk and then he runs back up the stairs to try to save Zoe. He can't do that, so he breaks in through the window, like, on the second story. Zoe bites Ray and gets loose, and then this is where Jesse finally becomes a man. And he beats the fuck oh, out of Ray. Oh, he's way more of a man than fucking goddamn Sam Bowden is Nick from Cape Fear. No, so. Not Nick Nolte. Was yeah, Sam Bowden, Nick Nolte. Oh, it is Nick. Okay. Yeah. And he beats the fuck out of Ray, like... I think any dad actually would with that adrenaline going. Oh, fuck yeah. He beats the fuck out of him, but everything's on fire, just like his painting where Zoe yep. was on fire. Yeah, the he, he put a wall of flames around the bed, just, yeah. just like the painting. The Ray starts to walk towards Zoe, but he's just engulfed in flames, but it's almost like he doesn't even feel it. Oh... I've, I messed that up. This is where Jesse hits him with the Flying V guitar. Yeah. And that's when he beats the fuck out of him with the guitar, which yep. that's how I said it started with the guitar, into the guitar, just like yeah. Cujo started with the bat, into the bat. And which is pretty heavy metal, you know, smashing a guitar. Yeah. Uh, Zoe and Jesse are kind of separated by the flames and he's trying to convince her to jump to him through the flames the music is starting to build up once again you gotta watch this movie for the music and the imagery alone it's hard to yeah, do it music, justice imagery, just talking tone about and it atmosphere for sure and, and this is i you know i tried looking i couldn't find anywhere of information on the budget yeah. This had to have been an ultra low budget. I don't think it had any theatrical release, uh, just festival circuit. For, it might have been. It was still on. I think Netflix. it was festival circuit for like it was yeah, so two or three years on on the festival circuit before yeah. it really got picked. up. I think up. it came out in two thousand fifteen, but the credits say two thousand seven something. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyways, music's building. She jumps to the flames. He catches her. They make it out the window, back to safety into Astrid. And you think it's going to end at this point. You're yes, like, oh, you do. Yeah. And then Jesse starts to have another vision. And he just kind of runs off. Yeah, just doesn't even say anything. Just starts fucking walking And Ash is like, Jesse, Jesse. And then he starts digging. And then he pulls up all these suitcases. And that's yep. where they find the dead kids. Yeah. That's the end. Yeah. I feel like it's so hard to do it justice just talking about it. It is. Yeah. I mean, this. even though this this movie is, is 79 minutes, it's just rich full of symbolism and content that can't be explained unless you see it. I mean, it does an excellent job with the soundtrack. It's very fitting. The score really sets the tone. Um, a, you know, a good chunk of the movie is, is you know, in the daylight, but it, it, it makes, you know, it's kind of scary and creepy. It's terrifying. You know? Yeah, and Especially, really like, is. the pet... He's not even a pedophile. He's just a child murderer. Yeah, he's just a weird, creepy... You can't really, you know, pin one uh, adjective on him. One thing I I forgot to say. At the end, when he digs up the suitcases, like a light from above kind of shines on him. So it's... Oh, I didn't even notice that. Kind of a morality type. Yeah. He beat the devil. Yeah. You know, the, the main issue I had with this, I didn't like the ending. I thought it was too cliche. Yeah. 
You know, I, I think that this is a type of movie with the direction this movie was going. I think that this is a type of movie where it should have showed him pulling the trigger and then boom, shot right, the mom, shot the mom. Uh, yeah. you, you know, I mean, th- that's what this, that's the road this was going down. This wasn't going to be, because it did such a good job, or maybe the dad, maybe it should have been the dad that got killed, because right. this movie did such a good job of, of building that and whole foundation of die. family, yeah, of family, yeah. you know, bonding and everything, and I think it could have just been devastating if you killed off one of the parents, or both of them, or something. I don't know, I think it's a morality story, and the fact yeah. that the dad cut out the painting, man, it came to the light. Right. Yeah. I can see that, but I just think that it would have just been a more impactful ending if if it was, you know. And a lot of people hate endings like those, but I fucking love them. You know, I just listened to um, uh, the guys, uh, you know, is is Mr. Watson from Horror Corridor and the guys from Exploding Heads and Twenty Two Shots talk about the mist and the ending of the mist. We're not going to give it away, but that's another one of those endings that a lot of people hate, and I fucking love it. I just think it's very. Uh, <laughs> It's, only it's good unique. Part. Yeah, it's very unique, and I don't want to give it away, but I think that this definitely could have benefited from, you know, one of those endings that is not, um, you know, the popular ending. You know, put some heartache, maybe have a little feel good at the end, but not after the loss of, uh, you know, a mom or dad or something like that. I disagree. So, I like the happy endings. Yeah, I yeah, you're a sap. So. All right, what do you rank this? I gave it an eight. I gave it eight point five. No, well, I can't stress it enough. I I don't think we can do it justice just talking about it. Like you gotta watch it. And I I think the part that he does kill little kids and it show it doesn't show him killing little kids, but it shows that he does kill little kids. Yeah. And makes, that's one thing too. I think. I mean, do you think it would have went too far if they would have showed a little bit more of the gore? Maybe no. not him sawing up a fucking, you know, six-year-old kid, but when, you know, the car went into the cops or a little bit more with that. I don't think I so. I personally think it would have been better. I think it's better leaving it to our imagination. I think that's a, a really a big fucking cop-out, yeah, as far as that Well, goes. maybe it's just part of, like, a low-budget movie, too. Yeah. I tell you, in The Loved Ones, they definitely show it all. It's almost a torture movie. I'll have to check it out for sure. It's Australian. <coughs> Australian. So they all talk so, like. I mean, that was The Devil's Candy. It really is a great movie. Um, I gave it an 8. Drunk Darius gave it an 8.5. Check it out. I would definitely recommend you checking that movie out. Um, before we get into the wrapping up the show, is, is just with uh, the segment of the week. And next week, I just wanted to let you guys know we do have a brand new Facebook page up. Uh, it is way better than that group bullshit that we had before. So we're posting stuff on there. It's we've an got advertised some, page. Yep, we've got some funny memes we post. Uh, you know, by the time you hear this, we'll be done with the final gore, the play on the final four, but our our horror bracket challenge that was on there. So go to our page if you haven't already already joe blow horror show facebook page like it we're very uh quick response so if you email us at joe blow horror show at gmail.com or you know send us a private message on the facebook page or something we're very quick to respond we'd love to hear from you guys 
We're open for suggestions. Um, we, we're thinking about doing something where you guys pick the movies we cover. You know, one older movie and one older mo- or newer movie. Also, uh, if you if you have a suggestion for us, <clears throat> excuse me, for a shotgun review, let us know, and maybe we can watch that and give you our quick little snippet of uh, the shotgun review. But we we definitely want to hear from you guys uh, that are listening. Uh, we see our fans in Australia and, and um, over there in Europe, as well as Canada and all over the U.S., a lot in Iowa and Minnesota, um, Texas, uh, where I just saw we had a bunch of downloads in uh, Ohio. It looked like someone went and downloaded a bunch of our shows from Ohio today or yesterday. So we see you guys out there. Interact with us. Ask us questions. Give us ideas for movies to cover. We'll do a shotgun review. Let us know. We'll get back to you. We will do that. Most <clears throat> definitely. Okay, so that wraps up The Devil's Candy. Let's get into Actor Spotlight. This segment is brought to you by yours truly, Prue Taylor Vince. Hawkeye Vodka. All right. Boom. Boom. So when I was thinking about who I wanted to cover... I was like, man, we've already talked about this guy a couple times, and now he's in this movie. So I, I really was impressed with his, his, I guess, role in this. As we're well we're as, talking about the fat dude. Yeah, Ray. Yep. Per Taylor Vince. Um, I was I, impressed with him, and I, I, I wanted to chat about him. So the, the way I do these actor spotlights is I do like to – uh, cover someone that was in one of the movies we'd recently watched since the previous actor spotlight. So, Prue Taylor Vince, you know, he's quote unquote that guy who's in many of your favorite horror and thriller movies, but he's never in a starring role. As a very recognizable character actor, many who would say they don't recognize his name would definitely be able to uh, tie him to his very iconic roles such as Otis from The Walking Dead. It was a short but memorable stint. Uh, Dr. Reed in The Cell. Paul uh, in The Disappointing Jacob's Ladder, <laughs> which we talked about before. Mm-hmm. Um, Stuttering John in Monster. Father Hennessy in Constantine. Rick in Bird Box. Uh, just recently uh, saw that movie. You mean the Silence? No, Bird Box. I know. Oh. <laughs> Um, and last but not least, my favorite as Malcolm Rivers in Identity. If you haven't seen that, check it out. It's awesome. Have you seen that? I have not. Oh, shit. It's a, a horror movie? Yeah, don't watch it. We're going to cover it. Okay. He's born on the 5th of July in 1916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. <clears throat> Fate guided his acting career when apparently there was a mistake when he was registering for classes in high school and they got him signed up for acting classes. Uh, an interesting fact about him is that he has a, he has a disability, but he's able to turn that into an ability um, where he displays it in a unique way in his characters that he adopts. So he's got a condition called nystagmus, which is an uncontrolled twitching of the eye. So they've showcased that in this movie, and they really showcase it in Identity. So... When they do the really close-up notice. of his face, you see his eyes always kind of twitching, and yeah. that's actually not him acting. That's um, a for real. Natural. Yeah, it's all 
Al Natural. So he's only 58 years old, so we can only hope that he's got many more of these iconic and unforgettable roles ahead of him. So, um, again, definitely someone that doesn't get enough love because he's never in a starring role, but he's in very memorable and key roles in movies. So He's definitely one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. You know when you see him. So He plays the creepy really well. Yep. So, anything before we wrap this bitch up? Uh, no, let's get the next week. All right. Or next episode. Next episode is episode 19. We are going to be covering the older movie. Which oh, we're coming up on a year now. Ah, uh, we, we got, got a couple like months. July or something. Yeah. Like we need to do something special for that. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. We'll get some listener feedback in and we'll do some kind of bonus episode or something like right that. On. So. Right on. All right but, on. But uh, Drunk Darius, what is your older movie for next episode? Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, you son of a bitch. Have you seen it? Oh, fuck yeah, I have. I've never seen it. Scared the shit out of me. Oh, really? Cool. I thought it was going to be more comedy. When I was a kid. Yeah. When I was a kid. I probably haven't seen this in like 20 fucking years, so... But it's a little bit horror, right? Not just straight comedy. Yeah, I didn't leave myself enough room to write this down. Um, all right. Well, we're uh, that's see when we go to these movies, we surprise each other. So this is not done on purpose. I can assure you. Uh, Drunk Darius has no idea what movie I'm doing. So Drunk Darius is doing Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and I am doing Event Horizon. Oh, I was looking at that. I was like, oh, no, that's older. Two, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's movie. I mean, that's newer. newer. Yeah. It's too new. You've never seen that either, have no. you? No. Well, oh. I was looking at alien movies. Man. I don't know if this is an alien movie, but the black hole they're talking about. Yeah. Oh, about Event okay. Horizon. So, yes, I'm glad you reminded me. So, I did read the black hole, and I did not um, say anything because I've been wanting to do Event Horizon since we started this show. And... I was like, we got to wait a little bit. I don't want to go in and, and, and talk about one of my, you know, all-time favorites when we're fresh and yeah. not, you know. You're going to wait till we got it. These, like, these episodes are a little bit better than our last one, so I wanted to get a... We're a polished turd again, a little bit yeah, more polished. Yeah, <laughs> we just had to put some, some glitter on that turd for you guys, so... But yes, that was what I was going to bring up at the end was this telescope that found that is called the Event Horizon Telescope. So I was well, like, oh, that's perfect. What we're looking at is the Event Horizon, apparently. I don't know the well, I terminology. Thought, I thought the telescope was called the Event Horizon. Maybe it is, but okay. like you can't actually see the black hole. You just see yeah. the Event Horizon. But I don't, I don't know what the fuck that means. I don't know. Well, we're going to watch this fucking movie, which I haven't seen in a long time. Right. And I'm, I'm gonna excited. Have, I'm going to have real tears if it doesn't hold up. So I'm excited. A lot of people like this movie. We'll see. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. We've got two space-themed movies for our next episode. But hey, that shit happens all the time I mean, that's cool I two movies we had tonight have a lot had a lot in common too so um it's weird how that happens uh, but killer clowns motor space is the older movie event horizon is a newer one if you guys do not know the format we like to cover these two movies pretty in depth and we give you spoilers so you've got a couple weeks follow us along watch these movies and join us for the conversation as we break them down the segment we are going to be talking about, we're going to take a break from our normal rotation, and we are going to wrap up 
the final final gore. gore. The horror movie bracket challenge. So I'm excited to see who's gonna win. Yeah, yep. We'll we'll we'll, we'll break down uh, all the movies and who won which round, and we'll it'll be interesting. So the guy who kind of hides in the shadows is kind of like a producer or whatever. For he needs us. a good name. What's that? He needs a name. Yeah, we got to we got to give him some kind of name. It's called. But he is not into horror movies, does not watch horror movies ever, and he's like, whatever movie wins, I'm going to watch it. So. <laughs> oh, shit. We'll have to come on yeah, and talk yeah. about it. So, but, um, and it's my turn for the discussion topic. So. What is it? The discussion topic for next week is your top five horror sounds or themes or scores. It can be anything from a sound to a full score. So not necessarily movies, but... Right, so like... like yeah, if, like, are you talking the Friday the 13th? Yeah, you could do that, or you could do a full score, or whatever you wanted. Yeah. So. Alright, I dig interested. it. That's, that's rad. Excelente. Mark Sargent, anything you wanted to leave us with before we... Sign off. And that's away the cookie crumbles. Don't hate crime, people. Don't hate crime. That's some good words right there. Yeah. Love one another. Spay new to your cats. I had a dream. <laughs> I don't know. And with that, I hope it was as good for you as it was for us. Boom. Mm, that was incredible. Is it good for you? <laughs> I've had better. <laughs>